Hello everyone. Today this podcast episode will be structured a little differently due to the complexity of the topic I will be discussing. I'm going to be recording this session on my own as I think it's important that the information is put out there regarding Roe v. Wade and the effects this will have on women's health care, the Supreme Court's decision to overturn it and the effects this will have on women's rights within the US, as well as the state of health care for women within America. Roe v. Wade was a lawsuit led by the Supreme Court in the United States of America in 1973. It was named after an unmarried pregnant woman filed a lawsuit under the alias Jane Roe on behalf of herself and others seeking abortion rights in response to the restricted Texan abortion laws. At the time, abortion was illegal unless the mother's life was at risk. However, after the lawsuit was tried under the Supreme Court, they recognised that abortion fell under privacy rights. This meant that the right to privacy extended to control over pregnancy. Therefore, the Supreme Court decided under the US Constitution, specifically the 14th Amendment, that a person had a right to privacy which protected their right to choose to have an abortion. The justices also acknowledged that forcing a pregnancy placed a risk on the physical and mental health of the pregnant person. With this context in mind, we can now turn to the decision made by the Supreme Court on the 24th of June 2022. The overturning of Roe v. Wade has meant that 20 states in America can choose to ban abortion starting from the first trimester of pregnancy, resulting in an immediate removal of the framework set up by the Supreme Court in the 70s. This is a dark and dangerous time for the women and doctors of America. The court's ruling overturning Roe v. Wade is a direct blow to bodily autonomy, reproductive health, patient safety and health equity in the United States. This was said by Ifath Abasi Hoskins, president of the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists. 40 million women of childbearing age will be affected by this decision, according to the Guttemacher Institute. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention in 2019 found that 57% of people seeking abortions were in their 20s, 9% in their teenage years, and 60% had at least one child. They also found that 58% of people seeking an abortion had never had one before. The banning of abortion starting from the first trimester is particularly damaging to abortion rights as the Centre of Disease Control found that 79.3% of abortions in 2019 were performed at nine weeks gestation or earlier, meaning they were performed nine weeks after conception. What's more, nearly all abortions in 2019 occurred at or before 13 weeks gestation at 92.7%. The report also showed that from 2010 to 2019, abortions performed later than 13 weeks gestation was either at 9% or lower. Just 1% of abortions were performed after 20 weeks. Therefore, the number of abortions affected by this decision within the first trimester of pregnancy is far greater than the second or third. This change has been speculated to have been a product of the rise in the conservative narrative within the Supreme Court, meaning the justices have been provided with a setup to enact a change that, in the eyes of a very religious conservative perspective, is critical in retaining the sanctity of life. In reality, however, the true effects of the decision have fostered an atmosphere of hostility, unsafe abortions and a rising maternal mortality rate within America. For some of these women, this isn't imagination. This isn't a nightmarish dystopia. This is the reality that they now have to face. On top of the psychological trauma forcing a pregnancy can inflict on women, 
it was found by Guttermarker in 2019 that 49% of women seeking an abortion lived below the poverty line. In addition, pregnant people would face the risk of prosecution for seeking to end pregnancies in states where abortion is banned. And research has shown that unwanted pregnancies have had many harmful long-term effects for mothers, including a higher chance of financial hardship and a severe toll on mental health. This means a significant amount of women not only face the mental trauma of being forced to bear a child, but they cannot financially manage the requirements needed to support a pregnancy, nor can they sustainably support a child. Multiple medical organisations are also concerned that the Supreme Court's decision will lead to a spiral effect that will remove women's access to essential medical care, a fundamental human right as stated by the United Nations, both in the US and potentially more widely. States that end legal abortion will not end abortion. They will end safe abortion, risking devastating consequences, including patients' lives. This was said by Jack Resnick, Jr., president of the American Medical Association. As of 2017, the rate of legal abortion sits at 13.5 per 1,000 women, the lowest rates ever recorded, according to the Guttmark Institute. The experts said that the rate has decreased due to several reasons, including greater access to contraceptives as well as more birth control methods with higher efficacy rates. This did not include banning abortion. This is incredibly important to think about as the very reasoning for the ban on abortions has been noted to be in the name of preserving life. However, abortion will not cease to exist after the court's ruling. The only difference is now women are forced to seek unsafe services to terminate pregnancies, potentially putting their own lives at risk by not being provided with the professional care needed to handle the procedure. It has already been found that the US maternal mortality rate in 2020 was 23.8 deaths per 100,000 live births. This is the highest it has been since Roe v. Wade was overturned. This was according to the Commonwealth Fund. Approximately 68,000 women die of unsafe abortions annually, making one of the leading causes of maternal mortality, claiming 13% of maternal deaths. The main causes of death from unsafe abortion are hemorrhage, infection, sepsis, genital trauma, and necrotic bowels. When looking at women who survive unsafe abortion, 5 million will suffer long-term health complications. This was found by Lisa Haddad and Nawal Noor, clinical fellows in obstetrics. Extending from the US, they found that approximately 5 million women are hospitalised each year for treatment of abortion-related complications such as haemorrhages and sepsis and abortion-related deaths, leaving 220,000 children motherless. Think about what the real purpose of restricting abortion is. It's not about preserving the sanctity of life or prioritising the life of the baby, as it had been proven that these goals will not be achieved via abortion restriction. The overturning of Roe v. Wade is about power and control of the female body. It has aided the rise in US maternal mortality, fostered an increasing network of unsafe abortion services, and shown to the global platform that leading figures in the United States do not support the safety, rights, or freedom of their women. What can you do to help the movement pushing to overturn the court's decision? 
while I'm aware that myself and many others listening to the podcast are not American, there are multiple actions that can be taken to express your support for abortion rights. This includes tweeting the US government, including President Joe Biden, Vice President Kamala Harris and Speaker of the US House of Representatives Nancy Pelosi to urge them to do all they can to protect women's and girls' fundamental sexual and reproductive rights and defend women's choices over their bodies and futures. You can also sign a petition created by the organisation Global Citizen to call for action to be taken by governments, namely focusing on G7 governments, to invest in sexual and reproductive health. I'll link it in the podcast description if you are interested in signing. If you'd also like to take action in person and on the streets, make your voice heard by joining protests. This is mainly aimed towards our American listeners, but as we know from recent events, protests can make an impact. They shift public opinion and they prompt action to drive change. You can find pro-abortion rights rallies in your cities or state or organise a rally of your own. Financially, you can help support abortion rights by donating to impactful nonpartisan abortion rights organisations. These funds are used by grassroots organisations to offer support in arranging and covering the cost of abortion care for patients who need it. Donating to these funds helps pay for transportation and lodging costs for patients who have to travel long distances to receive care because they can't access services in their state. Again, I will be linking these organisations in the description. Focusing on the American audience once again, you can vote for legislators who support sexual and reproductive rights. It's an extremely effective method of enacting change as it causes governmental change in favour of women's health care and reproductive freedom. Finally, I encourage that you start opening discussions about abortions with friends and family. Talking about abortion openly and transparently can help break down the stigma and stop the spread of misinformation about the medical procedure. There are multiple sites and groups that can help steer said conversations, such as the American Civil Liberties Union. The resources provided can ensure you stay informed on abortion facts and well-versed in the harms of forced pregnancy and unsafe abortions. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Very Junior Doctors. If you want more information on the recent decision made by the Supreme Court on Roe v. Wade, please don't hesitate to email us at veryjuniordoctors at gmail.com. That's veryjuniordoctors, all lowercase. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great day.